why aren't teachers getting paid more for how big of a role they have in students' 100%. lives, right? Like, like, why isn't this a conversation which we're talking about louder, more clearer? Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of The Entrepreneurial Mindset. My name is Edward and I'm a part of the brand team here at Generation Entrepreneur. Hey guys, my name is Vabe and I'm also part of the brand team. Here we have the CEO of Generation Entrepreneur, Esmond Yee. Esmond, thanks for coming. It's my absolute pleasure, Vabe. Everyone, welcome aboard our first episode of The Entrepreneurial Mindset. Esmond, before we dive into your background, as it's the first episode, we would just like to introduce what we aim to do with this podcast. We've come to realize that most of our branding content looks at little snippets with things like the case studies, short insight into our family at Jenny. However, we want something with a bit of a deeper dive and more of an expansion into the entrepreneurial mindset, which is why we have this podcast. Yeah. And Esmond, for the audience at home, why don't you introduce yourself? Of course, babe, Edward, you've already done such a good job introducing this podcast. For everyone at home, my name is Esmond, just like Vabe said. Uh, what do I do here at Generation Entrepreneur? I print, I order coffee, I do coffee runs for this team here. No, no, I'm uh, <laughs> just, just <laughs> a coffee messing boy. around. Coffee order, coffee run. Um, I, I definitely have the utmost privilege and pleasure of leading a, a wonderful, wonderful team. Uh, a team of individuals who aren't only passionate about a cause, but individuals who back one another no matter what. And at Generation Entrepreneur, that's what we're all about. We're backing not only this team, but also our community of young entrepreneurs around the world, in Australia and eventually around the world. So a little bit about me. I joined this organization about five years ago. So some of you might know we run hackathons. One of our flagship hackathons is called Initiate 48. I attended Initiate 48 back in 2016. So this was five years ago, even before Edward or they were even on this team. And so I, I attended as an 11-year-old. No, I'm not year, year 12. <laughs> sorry, not 11 years old. Year 12, I was actually in the middle of my trials when I, when I attended Initiate 48. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm, I'm not going to mind. I'm just going to do it. And what eventually happened was I had such a great time there I applied to join the team. I rocked up in my interview in a full suit. Five years later, I'm sitting here chatting with the both of you. Well, so for the audience at home, and you know, if this might be your first grab with um, what Generation Entrepreneur is, um, just to help them out, Esmond, do you mind giving them a bit more insight into what Generation Entrepreneur is as sort of an organization and what the day-to-day -day operations might look like, the events we set up like you touched on with I-48 and the other hackathons, but I believe there are some other ideas that we have in the works as well, um, and perhaps even a brief history as to how it started. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of things unpacked there, so I'll touch on that last bit first because I think we should get to know about a little bit about the history of Generation Entrepreneur and then I can go back and, and talk a little bit about the day-to-day -day operations. Very important stuff. So Generation Entrepreneur was actually started six years ago by two high school students in Balcom Hills High School and it was predicated on this idea that our education system is a wonderful system but it's severely outdated. We're living in the 21st century but what we're being taught is how to live in the 20th century. Generation Entrepreneur's mission is to empower young people to understand the power of entrepreneurship. No matter how old you are, you can make that change within this world. So everyone on this team has a similar vision and a similar goal in terms of what that vision and mission looks like. And the people on this team have that same desire to create that world where it's not only respecting the current education system, but how can we actually leverage entrepreneurship as a really, really grassroots problem-solving method to actually allow the youth nowadays to think in a bigger, better way globally. And so that's how Generation Entrepreneurs started. It really started in lecture halls within a high school because two high school students wanted to change the way that we teach and to change the way that we learn. Fast forward to today, we've done some incredible things. So our flagship hackathon, Initiate 48, is run twice a year. We also have run in the past alongside the Department of Education here in New South Wales, incubators, accelerators, and this year, something really, really cool, which we're about to announce to you all, is actually a nationwide tournament. We'll go into that more, I'm sure, throughout the podcast, if time permits, but there's so much, so much going on. And when you look at the day-to-day -day operations, it's very much, how do we leverage, or my job as 
day-to-day operations. How do I help my team, the incredible, incredible team here at Generation Entrepreneur, do their best work, whether it's jumping into the trenches with you all to do the day-to-day nitty-gritty stuff on the slides or whether it's actually catching up with you all individually to think about what is what is the goal? How can we strategize to lead us into somewhere where we can not only change and impact lives within Australia but also eventually around the world as well? So a day-to-day doesn't really look the same for any other any one of us, and I'm sure that both of you can can agree with this, it's very, very different, especially when we speak with our students, especially when we speak with different stakeholders. But I think at the heart of it, it's very much we're in this together. That is so true. Definitely. Like you said before, your journey here started five years ago uh, in September of 2016, actually, Mm -hmm. as a partnership officer. You've done your research, Fabe. We have. We have. (laughs) So looking back, how impactful do you think this decision was to join Jenny in your personal life? Yeah, yeah. I'm. I always love reflecting, and when 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 not when you ask me that question, I think back to the time I first joined as a Year Twelve student, a very late Year Twelve student. But I really didn't dabble or really commit until I was after you know I graduated. In my first year of university, they often say, "Oh, you know." First year of university is where you go out and really meet a lot of people. You join all of these societies. You do a lot of really cool things. Mind you, I did all of those things. And anyone who you talk to when I was in partnerships team as a partnership officer knows that I was probably spreading myself way too thinly. And so how I'd like to answer that question is basically over the years, I really had to decide based on mental health, personal family uh, situations, and also just my well-being altogether, I can't continue doing all these things that I've put myself through. So I need to narrow down and choose what I'm super duper passionate about. And when I really thought about it over the years, the only thing that I've really stuck with is Generation Entrepreneur, solely for the fact that when I was a partnership officer, I saw that this was not something about me. This wasn't about my leader at that time. This wasn't even about the founder at that time. It was about empowering kids in Australia and eventually around the world. It was something way, way bigger than us. And it was something which I knew I'd found my seat on the rocket ship, as they say, and I want to fly to the moon. I want to really, really make that dent in this world. And partnerships was the place where I started. I started looking for mentors. I started, that's how I started my LinkedIn journey, you know? (laughs) It was very much, how can I find mentors to attend the hackathons? And from there, it was a bunch of opportunities uh, that came by, a bunch of support that came by, which led to where we are today. I say where we are because I'm incredibly privileged to be in this position, but I'm also incredibly privileged to to get to meet both of you, having interviewed both of you as well. And now we're sitting here in this podcast room, which is absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's sort of similar to something of a domino effect because, mm. you know, like it was over five years ago. And like you mentioned that you were sort of spreading yourself quite thin um, mm. and, you know, joining so many things at once. And so for it to eventually amount to something much more important and, um, for you to dig deep and just see that it's a passion for something for the greater good is um, honestly something quite amazing. Um, and leading on to that, actually, since assuming the role of CEO, um, ro- what roles and expectations have been passed on to you from our previous CEO? Um, and for you personally, do you think it was a natural progression to make um, since you know, you've been here for quite a few years, or do you think it was quite a difficult decision to make? Because you know, as you get older, there's more sort of the, I guess the idea of like career, you need to work full time. Um, mm. And obviously the CEO job here is full time, but it's still nonprofit. And so mm. there's that sort of um, decision there. So was it a way off or was it just sort of something easy to go with? It definitely wasn't an easy decision to go through. I'll run you guys through the rationale. 2021 is when I began my my position as CEO. January the 1st, 2021, day one is my time. But previous to that, 2022 was one of the hardest years for Generation Entrepreneur. I can tell you without a shred of doubt, in 2019, we were on par to being in a position where we could have gone global by this time. But 2020 hit, it hit us hard. It hit many businesses around the world incredibly hard. But what we did, which... I'm sure a lot of other companies did around the world was we saw that there was a problem. We saw that there was a need to pivot. We were scared, but we didn't let that fear hold us to where we were. We used that fear. We came together as a team and we really backed one another to create something 
really, really powerful to continue that impact for our students, even online. So we, so we put our in-person programs on virtually and we found different ways to engage them and we did that successfully. But what that meant was we had a lot of different service and product offerings. So in 2022, when the decision came to from the previous CEO to where I am now, it was a question of, okay, where do we need to take this organization? Who can lead this organization away to take us where we need to be? And what are the necessary steps to make sure that this person is the right person to do that? And so our previous CEO, as you guys will know, is Jack Leung. So everyone everyone knows that name. He's been around you know, for the CEO for the past four years. I had the very, very, very good privilege of working with him closely, um, partnership officer as well. So we joined, the, we joined the organization very much at the same time. And he was a cohort that joined with me. And so in the, in the last six months of 2020, there was a lot of thinking behind who's going to take the new role, who's going to step up because Jack um, was going to, he already knew that by June he wanted to step off for, for various reasons, which I won't go into. Um, but in that six month period, there was actually a lot of thinking about who will be the next person and our advisory board had a very, very invested interest into that as well. And I think it was all this idea of who has been here the longest, but not just that, but who has that passion, who has that desire, who has that drive. And I'll tell you, uh, Vave and Edward, that the past three months as CEO, I've done more and have ha had to consider more than the past four years combined together. because. It, for the past four years, I had to really think about what my position, what my role for an individual team was, right? From partnerships officer to head of partnerships to head of professional development to all the way up to chief people and brand officer. But at no point did I think about everything. For the past three months, I had to think about everything. And we hear this all the time. CEOs, the good CEOs, are like firefighters because they have to put out fires that pop up every single place within the company. And so I find that as a privilege and a pleasure. It's tiring at times for sure, but the fact that I can work with the two of you so closely and the rest of the team so closely is just such a pleasure and such a privilege that I just wouldn't be able to get anywhere else. So the decision definitely wasn't easy. I had to think very, very, very hard. Can I, am I worthy? Can I, can I put myself up to this position? But once I decided that I could, I went all in. And I had the backing of the team, the advisory board, which is what I, I appreciate from the bottom of my heart, really. But it was definitely not a hard, easy decision. It was very hard. I think, I think I've noticed that as well. Like, um, if every time I send content for feedback in the brand channel, um, I expect brand team to come back to me. But every time you come back to me as well with really good feedback, and I, I, can, always, I can always see that even if you're so busy, you can still provide yourself for everyone here which is actually really crazy and it's actually really, really commendable. He always makes the time. Yeah, for everyone. Even if I message you personally for anything, you will always have the time and I know that and I, I thank you for that. That's actually quite nice. Of course. To know. Thank you, babe. Um, so like you said, you've been here for five years or four years, five including this one. Um, what were some highlights, some of the most rewarding parts yeah. of being a generation entrepreneur? Mm -hmm. But... What was also some low lights? What were some adversities and hardships that you yeah. reckon you faced? Alrighty. Ooh. For everyone listening at home, you're going to get into the personal space. You're going to get to know who Esmond really, really is. That's what um, we're here for. That's, that's, that's what he's really here for. Here for. Yes. Okay, Esmond. good. Um, so I'll start off with, you know, what, what I love, what I love. And then I can go into a little bit of, you know, what have, what have been some of the hardest times. So for me personally, what I've really, really uh, been able to appreciate over these times is how much I've grown as an individual. Um, to share a little bit about who I am, I personally believe that maturity doesn't come with age. Maturity comes with experience. 100%. The people who experience and people who go through certain things are able to bounce back from those things are the ones who take responsibility and the ones who end up with the most maturity. And the reason why I say that is because I had three people in my life pass away in three consecutive years from the age of 15 to 17. And those three people showed me what it, mean, what it meant to be kind, compassionate, and empathetic, which is why I think I'm able to put that into what I do every single day, which is why I try and put myself in everyone's shoes, no matter, no matter who you are on this team and also outside of this team. So what I've come to really appreciate and what I really love is that every single person I'm able to talk to when we interview someone, I'm able to connect with on such a deep level. 
And you really can't get that anywhere else because I feel like, you know, university, I love university. You go to university, you have that lecture, you have that tutorial, and then you go home. Uh, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I've made some really great friends at uni, but this platform, this passion, this mission, people who come here, the deep, deep sentiments that we're able to share are just out of this world. And I've been able to speak with so many, so many people over the years, and I've been able to learn from so many of you over the years as well, which is what I love, 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 love from the bottom of my soul. And the fact that I'm able to constantly work with you guys, constantly work with new people within the team, outside of the team, within the wider community is super, super duper uh, rewarding. So that's what I'd say is personally for me the most successful, what I love the most. But what I'd like to share with you all, um, which only a few of the internal team members know is one of the hardest places that I've been to. And so, you know, I, th- I think this is a podcast. You, you want to be raw. You want to be telling your audience at home who's listening to you some really, really drawn back, you know, peeled the layers back. So what I'll share with you all is the experience that I had and it involves the previous CEO, Jack Leung. So back in 2017, we were in our office at the time, which was at Fishburner, so a co-working space in Wynyard, uh, based right now in the startup hub. And what had happened was there was a series of events which eventuated up to this point when Jack sat me down, so Jack, the previous CEO, sat me down on a table in the kitchen area of Fishburners. And I, today, hand on heart, can take you guys there and tell you exactly what table, exactly what chair we both sat on for this conversation. And that conversation was basically predicated upon the fact that I was in a position and I had been so bad in committing to this particular organization because I had spread myself so thinly that Jack was on the verge of kicking kicking me off this team. That was how bad it was. But what I'll never, ever forget was what Jack told me when he was sitting down with me, which is why, again, I think I am the way that I am and the way that I lead. Jack said, Esmond, the past couple of months have been really tough and you know it's been really tough. You haven't been up to standard. You haven't been doing the work up to standard and you know that yourself. But we're family here. And family doesn't kick each other to the curbside. I want to help you, but please know that this is your last chance. After that, he, he, he said that looking me straight in the eye. And after that, there was, there was a change. People ask, when was that changing point? There is no changing point. But for me, it was that point with everything really, really adding up to that event. And obviously after that, I still had to really figure some stuff out. But that was the event which said, it's real. People care about me on this team. I'm not going to be kicked to the curbside. They're not going to abandon me just because of these things. Obviously, now in the position that I am, we, we hold ourselves to great standards. Um, I think that's something which we've really passed on from, from CEO to CEO. But if I was to put myself in that position, speaking to, to anyone on this team, I'd do the exact same thing because that's the type of relationship, that's the type of bond, that's the type of real-life struggles which I think we really need back one another on. And, and I can say hand on heart, everyone on this team is able to do that for one another, which is why I absolutely, absolutely love what I do here. I think, I think people listening, especially if there are young high school students listening, they can relate as well because in high school, especially you kind of find that you're doing so much all at once that it's hard to focus on one particular thing, but really you're putting like 20%, 20%, 20% exactly. in all of these things. Whereas... It really should be like a hundred percent in this. Once that is done, then a hundred percent in this. Yeah. Like you shouldn't. You should focus on um, on really not spreading yourself too thin. Absolutely. No. And, and so hundred percent, I agree on that, babe. And on that fact, uh, I recently came across this saying, which was, "We all have two lives, until we realize that we only have one." And it was this understanding that we all want to do so many things in life. But up until the point where we get ill, when we get sick, when we burn out and we realize the only thing that we want is to get better. We realize that in life, if we can do one thing really, really well and do that to the best of our ability, we can make our change in this world. We can make our dent in this world. And if, if I can say after I leave this earth that I've made a change with the time that I've been with Generation Entrepreneur in our internal team and, and our community, 
I think I've done my job. Wow. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much for sharing. That was actually amazing to hear, Desmond. Um, I can actually relate to that in the sense that um, my initial point of um, joining uh, Generation Entrepreneur, I think mm. I've mentioned to you, was um, uh, more on the surface level, which was, you know, I wanted something nice on my resume you know mm. just something further down the line i'm just and there's nothing wrong with that yeah, there's nothing wrong with i know there's nothing wrong with that but um ever since joining um it, like i had that initial mindset but mm. ever since like working with the brand team and the programs team and like you it's just there's this there's sort of a infection that just um i don't know it it, it makes me want to push myself it's infectious yes yeah. I, I i want to do better i don't want to just do the minimal task if i can go further beyond and, and push and do further research I, I want to do that to create something better and that's just it's there's something special about here at jenny that just really allows for that um and i think you've played a, a massive part and in being 100%. that sort of uh, infectious disease, I know that's not the great disease. One, the greatest <laughs> <laughs> I really hope I'm not the disease, guys. <laughs> I think, no, no. <laughs> I think I can relate with that as well. Um, when you first start, even at anything, it's like very much like, oh, I have this, this, this task to do. And in that week, my only goal is to do this, this, this task. But as I've been here longer, I've realized that like I've really connected with Generation Entrepreneur and I realized like, yes, I have this, this, this task to do, but what extra things can I do? What can I, like, I treat it as my own business. Like how can I help this business grow as if it was my own, like my only my own, right? Mm. So it, it just, I get, I got, I developed that connection over time. Yeah. It did take a while, but like it is definitely there now. And like Edward said, like it's infectious. You see everyone here working so hard and you're like, mm. I want to work to that level or even greater. I like love I, that. I, I want to make a change. I love that. And I think what you'll see is um, who you don't see right now in front of camera is Alan. Alan, yes. let's give him a shout out. He's behind the camera. He's, a why, right, he's, he's right there. Uh, but what the reason why I bring him up is the fact that the two of you are sitting here and not Alan, right? The head of brand is the fact that you'll see that this, this organization is based on opportunities for the team. We have, I know Alan loves doing podcasts as well, but the fact that he's given you two the chance to do this is he sacrificed as a leader. It's him trying to say, I want to give my people, I want to give my team a chance, even though he himself wants to do it. And I know this, but I think that's the type of people that we nurture as leaders on this team. Not only do we produce results, but we also produce really compassionate leaders. So let's give a round of applause to Alan. Alrighty, <laughs> back over to you guys. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you actually touched on that um, uh, in, I guess, both grim but quite a beautiful sense as well that um, once you have left this earth, you want to have made sure that you made a positive change. Mm. Um, and so actually on that note, since joining Jenny, um, how was it not only having been playing witness, but in fact, influencing the the trajectory of that positive change in the youth and their attitude towards entrepreneurship. Wow. That's a, that's a big question to unpack. How have I witnessed the change within the youth since I've, since I've joined? Um, again, I'm going to bring up an example because I love bringing up examples and I love telling stories. And I think that's, that's what people love to hear as well. So I'll use the story of our current head of people. Her name's Ivy. Okay, and you both know Ivy. Some of the listeners at home might know Ivy as well. She's a really, really, really awesome girl. Um, and the reason why I bring her up is she actually didn't join the team after attending one of our events, which a lot of this team does, you know, getting inspired from our events. She joined as an events team member, which means that she volunteered her time to come to one of our events and buddy, buddy the teams. And... What happened there was we went to run a workshop at a school called Dulwich Hill High School. It's, it's an arts and design school. And what we found there was a group of individuals and a group of students who were deeply passionate about learning something new, about putting themselves in a position where they can challenge their creativity because they were all super duper creative. That's why they were at that school. But we also found students who were a little bit reserved. We found students who didn't know why they were there, which we find a lot of the time. 
But what we we're able to see at the end of that particular program was the fact, and I and and I put my hand on heart, the fact that this inspires me so much. Stories like this inspire me so much. The fact that one of the girls, one of the students, wrote a handwritten letter and went up to Ivy, gave that letter to Ivy. And mind you, this was Ivy's first event. She had never she had never been at any other event. This was her first event. Gave this letter to Ivy. And on that letter, read, thank you so much for inspiring me, for believing in me when no one else would. That type of impact is what I've seen this team do time and time again. And which is why I always come back to the fact that I personally, I've, I've gone through a lot of stuff. I've done a lot of internships. I've you know, dabbled in corporate. Don't get me wrong. That's for some people. It's not for me. This is for me. The fact that we're able to really go into compassionate realms where we're able to change people's lives, even if that's on an individual basis, that's what I live for. That's what I love to see. That's the change that I've seen people like yourselves, like Ivy, like so many other people on this team do time and time again and inspires me to come back and inspires me to do like insane hours <laughs> to 2 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning, right? But I do this because I love, love this and not many people get to uh, do this at such a young age. So I'm very lucky. Hundred um, percent. Tearing off a bit. Hey, <laughs> dude, it's okay. No, hundred percent. That's what. That's it's what, okay to cry, Edward. It's okay to cry. <laughs> that's what life's about, right? Like, at the end of the day, how many people you positively impact, how many lives you actually change is is what we're here for. We're here, like humans. We're here for one another. Even here, we're here for everyone here on the team and everyone listening. Like, we're here. There's a, there's a part of it that's, you know, that's focused on oh, encouraging entrepreneurial education. And don't get me wrong, that, that is an amazing bit about it. Um, but that just bit of like, thank you for believing in me. I think or like something about it that's super important is that, especially with the school system, you know, you, you go through not, not phases, but um, just a sort of a traditionalism of, you know, you mm. pick up the textbooks and yep. you study and you sit the exams. Yep. Um, and, you know, uh, it, for me, what it was really like important mm. for each subject was the teacher. Yes. Um, the teacher was such an important factor into whether I actually enjoyed um, and wanted to pursue my education. Absolutely. Um, and so to have this as another aspect that Jenny can provide as some people that can inspire you and believe in you, I think is just, it's honestly just beautiful. Absolutely. Right. And, and a bit, I, I want to I jump in there. Why aren't teachers getting paid more for how big of a role they have in students' 100%. lives, right? Like, like why isn't this a conversation which we're talking about louder, more clearer? The fact that on a surface level, on a foundational level, why do teachers actually have such a low ATAR cutoff to be able to admit it to, to universities, right? Teachers have one of the most important jobs from primary all the way up into high school. We as kids spend more time with our teachers than we do at home with our parents. Mm -hmm. We need to put more into our education system, even though we're, we're, we're putting in another kind of, it's almost, you can think about generational entrepreneurs like transforming the curriculum and whatnot. But in all due respect, we do this alongside the teachers. We do this out of no disrespect to the curriculum. But I say hand on heart, the system is broken a little bit. I'm just going to put that out there. And to any government official or to any policymaker, please hear me when I say there needs to be some change in the way that we we pay, that we, the way that we compensate, the way that we talk about our teachers in today's society because they deserve so much more recognition. Because the lives that they're changing, the way that they're changing the lives needs to be recognized, needs to be supported. They need that. I think everyone listening and each one of us here can think of a th teacher that has made a positive impact in our lives that has really influenced who we are today and what we're doing. I think definitely, I definitely agree with that point. All right. So yeah, we we're just touching on uh, the semi-broken education system as yes. um, Esmond so point poignantly touched on. Um, so yeah, and it was just the impact that teachers play and what I, they shouldn't, uh, why they should be paid more, sorry. Mm. Um, yeah, I I totally agree. I, I just think, um, I know for myself, it's like, it's so important, not only for the 
like that they guide you for your education. But I know for myself, I think one of the best things I've ever personally had was um, in year 12, I don't know if you guys had this, but it was a mentor system. Mm. Um, and you uh, followed or you follow a um, a year 12 teacher through okay. your year 12 year. Oh, wow. Um, and for me, um, shout out to Mr. Boyle. Um, Mr. He Boyle. Was, he was my nice. history extension teacher. Hello, Mr. Boyle listening. Uh-huh. We have your student and he is amazing. <laughs> I commend you on it. Yeah, uh, he was... He was an amazing teacher that um, really took the time to, he would literally sacrifice his recess and his lunches and even stay after school with me just to make sure everything was going okay for me. Um, You know, like things can get pretty rough for some people during certain periods. Um, And so like teachers like that um, just completely shape your life. Yeah. Um, for the better. And so I 100% um, agree that uh, teachers should be paid more, unequivocally. So, Esmond, much like everyone here, I think everyone here, we're also, as well as doing Jenny, we're also at university studying whatever it may be. I, I know there's people here studying dentistry. There's people here like me studying business. Um, All Edward sorts is, of people. Yeah, yeah, Edward is studying psychology. Mm. So, so what are you studying at uni? So I'm currently studying commerce and law. So um, it's a degree which requires some thought and it's a degree which I, I that was very crude. Every, every degree requires thought. But I think for commerce and law, the reason why I went in there was this idea that I really wanted to make a social impact. I wanted to, to, to do something that was uh, justifiable, wanted to become someone who, who was able to make a change. And I thought law was a great way of doing that. I still think it is. But what I've realized is for me personally, the legal system is a little bit outdated also in the sense that, uh, it, but, but it's foundationally, foundationally it's predicated upon that because you have to look at precedents on judgments to then also inform you on how you go ahead and do future judgments. And I'm okay with that. Like the system wouldn't work if it wasn't looking that way. But for me, I like looking forward. I like seeing what are we doing now? How can we change this world? Whether that's through business, whether that's through some other medium, how can we do that so then we can make this world better? How can we do that so we can solve, solve like one of our, you know, participants can solve world hunger. One of our participants can find the cure to cancer, whether that's through a med tech company. How can we find a way to stop people being racist to one another, right? All of these things, very, very diverse, very relevant to today's current affairs. In my opinion, we'll come back to this idea of entrepreneurship innovation. How can we help people? How can we give students the tools to really, really understand what it means to think innovatively? So law for me is one where it's really helping. It's really helped me articulate my my thoughts. I think that's something that I've learned a lot from the the law degree. The business degree has really been transferable transferable into everything that I've done at Generation Entrepreneur. Yeah, I think um like the like our degrees, most of what we do is obviously really important. We Mm. transfer those skills later into life. But I think uh, a bunch of people that are listening, especially high school students, um, they're sort of that this period in their life where they're not too sure of what they want to do Mm -hmm. um and you know university is set up to be this final um hurrah that you have to know what you're doing and then you head into the job career and then that's it like it's a set trajectory it's like set up like the next level like after high school you're going to uni and you need to know what you're doing and you need to know what degree you're going to do even though most people they don't know what they want to do they don't know if they want to go to uni but yeah, that's just the way it is set up. And I think that's what's important about us is that we teach people about entrepreneurship. We teach people about thinking outside the box. Like there isn't one line that you have to follow, like school, university, job. Like there is an impact you can make, even if you're 14, 15, 16, mm. even if you're young high school student, like there is an impact you can make. And it is really important to start thinking outside the box. I think some of the most impactful changes across the world have actually been done by extremely young people because yeah, they have definitely. that that freedom um, of mind and expression that they can just go out into the world and achieve something. Um, and you know, the older we get, the the sort of the expectations and obligations start to pile on, and it can sort of become harder to do that. So um, our message, obviously, is just um, even while you're young. Get started. Um, go Empowering out there the and, youth. and achieve what you want to achieve. Um, and 
yeah, I think um, also there's there's that that joke of how you know when we're in high school we have to ask for permission to use the bathroom and then now we're expected to be able to choose a course that costs tens of thousands yeah. of dollars for the next three to however many years of our lives mm. um and so would you would you say that um you knew from the get-go that you wanted to do finance and sorry was it commerce and commerce law? and law major in law? finance yeah. yes and so was was that something you just yeah. knew as soon as you ended high school that you wanted to go into or did it take some thought? Um, and so how, how was that? And did any uh, of sort of the other things that you did, um, say your expert, um, sorry, your um, experience here at Generation Entrepreneur mm -hmm. and, um, you know, we know that you're quite active as well mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. the athletic world with uh, basketball, mm -hmm. going to the gym. <laughs> did all of these sort of apply to, I guess, not only through your, tra your trajectory for uni, but also what you do at Generation Entrepreneur. Yeah, like what motivated you to do what you're doing right mm. now, study what you're studying right now? Mm. Definitely. So I think that's a really, really uh, interesting question. I'll answer in this way. So I absolutely agree in the sense that people are expected right out of high school to understand what they want to do for the rest of their life. Despite the fact that in high school, no one tells them this is the right pathway. This is the avenues. These are the potential uh, pathways or the potential results that you can attain. We have career advisors. I think the job is incredibly noble, but we don't really spend that much time in career advising, right? They don't really uh, come into our lives all that often within high school. So to actually tell you the reasoning behind that was, I was a little bit different. I was very supported i was very lucky that i had a group of people around me who were able to tell me hey look this is a really cool pathway that you can go down if you go down this pathway then you end up in x place and after that place you'll be able to go to y and after a few years we'll be able to go to z so i was like you know what this is pretty cool this sounds like something that i might want to do so what i actually ended up doing is when someone would ask me in university what do you want to do after you graduate from university i always had two answers and it was this my first answer was my corporate dream would be to become a management consultant at one of the big three consulting firms so mckinsey bain bcg mbb that was my corporate dream but my esmond dream my real dream was to do generation entrepreneur full-time was to do something where i could inspire empower and really really help someone on an individual basis in my own way wanted to lead my own company Fast forward five years, I'm here. Like I am living that Esmond dream. I knew that the corporate dream was what people in society told me that I had to go down because I didn't know that there was that dream. But what Generation Entrepreneur, what Initiate 48 showed me was, hey, look, there's this pathway and it's to pursue what you're passionate about. It's to do what you're passionate about. And at the end of the day, I want to be able to, to, to help people on this team also live that as well. Also to be able to provide the people on this team a platform to be able to do this in a way where they can say, hey, I'm really proud to do this using my entire being. I think everyone listening, even high school students, they, they all have this one like plan A, the safe plan. Like mm. I'll do this, I'll get this job. Like I have security, I'll have backup and I'll have a salary that I can live off. Mm. And then they have their real passion plan. Yeah. Like maybe I want to be an athlete. Maybe I yeah. want to be a musician, an artist. But really they're afraid to take that next step because it is a risk. It is you know, with plan A, you do get that security. You do mm. get that that uh, safety net. But with plan B, if that's really where you're passionate passionate about, then really it's quite risky. But I guess with you, you realize that like once you join Generation Entrepreneur, like mm. this is what you want to do. This is where your passion is. Right. You want to take this full time. You want to make it something bigger than yourself. Make yeah. it global. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. No, go on, go on. I was going to say, you, you only found that out by doing it. You wouldn't have known that if you didn't do it. Absolutely. And that is exactly why people should do what they're passionate about because you won't know if you want to do it unless you do it. 110%. Super, super true. 110%. There was a time, there was a time where basically I had a choice between either I could take route A and I was like in third year university, right? Route A, which would take me further down my corporate dream or I take route B, which would take me down my Esmond dream. But the corporate dream one was more set. It was, we've had people come before you who have done these steps and they've succeeded. Why don't you follow the path of least resistance? Go there. 
Route B, generation entrepreneur, step up, leadership role, real, real important leadership role, not CEO. You know, this was when I was uh, head of professional, develop, professional development. It was, but if I went down Route B, I would have had to give up Route A, right? I couldn't have both. This is, this is, this is it. This is the life. We think that we can juggle more things, but we can't. So when it comes to a point in our life where we have to choose between point A and point B, two dividing routes where we, we say there is equal opportunity. I have no idea where I want to go down. The fact of the matter is you choose one, you don't look back. There is no alternative. There is no way you can look into a lucky eight ball and say, this is my future. My fortune teller tells me this. Back yourself. Take one of those paths and really run with it because if you really run with it and you don't think about what I could have had or what I should have had, you end up where we are today. Yeah, exactly. If you t- if you take one route and you decide, you know what, this isn't for me. I don't like this at all. Then you know you have that route B. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I think it's um it's always encouraging as long as um you you know that there is that option there still. Mm-hmm, like it's mm-hmm. not that it's um once you take it out, it's it's gone completely. Right. Um, as long as it's it's always comforting to have some sort of safety net. I, I know get for, it. for some decisions there's definitely some where you you have you there's either or yeah um um and as they say that like life isn't um a bunch of solutions mm. it's trade offs or sacrifices yeah yep. you're always sacrificing one choice for another um yep. but I think from what we've gotten from this podcast and over the past hour or so that we've been doing this is mm. that you genuinely seem that you are grateful and happy that you went down mm. route b instead mm. of route a yeah i think last thing i mentioned before i hand it back over to you guys is is Vae, what you said in terms of and edward what you touched on as well i agree there are times when you can go back to that plan b or plan a when you know the other route that you didn't choose but sometimes you just have to go all in and you have to quote unquote burn the boats you know, Tony Robbins said this in something where it's like, if you want to take the island, you have to burn the boats because if you burn the boats, mm-hmm. there is no turning back because yeah. if you know that you have a plan B in your head, you're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to put 90% into this. But if you know there is no way out, you're going 110% mm-hmm. with all of your blood, sweat and tears. That sounds really intense. But when you understand that, that's something that really comes to life. Yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. 100%. Yeah. 120%. (laughs) As Esmond was putting it. Um, And under that mindset, Mm. what can we expect for the future of Jenny? Wow. Future of Jenny. I I have the utmost fortune of having such a wonderful team uh, to work with that I get a lot of time to think about what the strategy of Generation Entrepreneur is. Now, this year, we're looking to run a nationwide tournament. It's the first of its kind in Australia with high school students. Uh, you might be actually hearing this first, and like depending on when this podcast goes out, it will be called the 2021 School Entrepreneur of the Year Tournament. And what it's going to be is it's going to bring school students from all across Australia, not just New South Wales, from South Australia, from Queensland, from ACT, to come together through three rounds of entrepreneurship to then have a chance to be crowned the entrepreneur, the school entrepreneur of the year. And even after that, having the possibility of being angel invested, having the possibility of having seed funding, having the opportunity of having coding expertise to help you actually take that idea and make it into reality. So that's 2021. We are preparing. We are very much in this right now. 2022, 2023, we want to do that on a global scale. We want to be able to run School Entrepreneur of the Year around the world. America, Europe, Asia, every single place eventually. And this is not from like some really crazy world domination thing. No, this is from a place of hand on heart humility where we go, this, what we're doing is so incredibly important that people around the world need to hear about. We need to give people at least a chance to access what we do. Whether that means we 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 put lower fees or we put we get less revenue, I'm for that because I think this is bigger than anything money can do. And I think realistically when we when we look back on our, you know, as morbid as it is on our deathbed and we can say, "Hey, I've got this stash of money that I can't even bring into my coffin." Sure, I'll give it to my family. I, I love that. I support that. 
But realistically, when you look back, what do you want to be known for? Exactly. That legacy. It's how many people you've impacted. It's, it's, it's how many people can say, I, I am who I am because of Abe. I am who I am because of Edward, because of Alan, because of people on this team at Generation Entrepreneur. That's what I'd love to see. I think it's not only about empowering the youth of Australia, but really just empowering the youth of yes. the world, like the yes. youth in a yes. broader sense and really creating a generation of entrepreneurs. entrepreneurs. Babe. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, yeah, and I think touching on that, um, actually, I think on the uh, one of the podcasts I sent to you with Kevin Hart, he mm -hmm, said um, mm -hmm. unequivocally, our jobs as adults is to set up a better world for the next generation. Whether, mm. whether we like it or not, right? Our job as adults is we want not, it doesn't have to be our kids, just mm. for the youth and for the generation that comes after us mm -hmm. for the world to be a better and more positive place to live in. And this is where we start as an organization, right? Is by empowering the youth entrepreneurially. Yes. 100%. Love it. That, yeah. So, Esmond, what would you say, how has your time at Jenny shaped you as a person? Generation Entrepreneur has honestly been my life over the past five years. Um, it hasn't been easy. I've had to make a lot of sacrifices. I think when I really look at what I am doing right now, I've had to really, really zone into why I'm here. And I have to go back to it time and time again because the stuff that I've sacrificed is like what... If I told you guys, right, like you, some people, I think people on this team understand, but some people externally will be like, wow, you, you chose to do generation entrepreneur over that. You out of your mind. Why in the world would you do that? Like what? Why? For me, generation entrepreneur is something, like I've mentioned before, way bigger than myself. I've never wanted to see generation entrepreneur as I am the CEO of generation entrepreneur. I lead this company. No, it's. I have the privilege and pleasure, the sincere privilege and pleasure of leading an organization of young people who are on a mission to change this world. And the fact that it's changed my life is what I'd want to help everyone understand as well. Because if I can empower these people on this team to do that, that's that's my goal as a leader. Yeah, I think um, especially the, you could say in some sense i don't know when you hear it like from some other people it always sounds like some kind of fantasy or like an illusion or something that they're just trying to tell themselves like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um you know like like like, like a fallacy mm -hmm. um you know like i i will do x y and z and but they fail to do it they never actually try to do it it's just mm -hmm. something that they trick themselves into feeling good but ever since joining generation entrepreneur and every time i've heard a global mission and that you, er, like it's something that you want to achieve and go global by 2022, 2023. Mm -hmm. um, I remember the first day in, I, I was just, I, I saw such a small team. I was like, this is, this is, <laughs> this is come on, this is not happening. Um, let's be honest here. Um, you know, maybe, maybe some schools around, but every, every time as a part of the brand team, you, you see the, the videos and the people that are actually impacted. And I, I thought, God damn, this might actually happen. And then mm. again, it's that it's that the infection. You become a part of what it's like to be here at Generation Entrepreneur, and you want to push for it and actually make that goal a reality. You go, um, you go from, oh, this isn't going to happen. To how can I make this happen? How can I make it a reality? You know, 100%. you take it upon yourself. You make it as if it's your purpose. Mm. Definitely. Um, yeah, and so I guess to finally end on that note, for our listeners, mm -hmm. do you have any final words to the entrepreneurially, entrepreneurially aspiring youth of Australia? Wow. There's a lot. There's a lot that I love to say, and hopefully you know, this podcast with myself, Edward and Vabe, have, have helped at least one of you to think a little bit differently, to, to be inspired, to reach out, or to be inspired to just back yourself. But what I will say is everyone on Generation Entrepreneur has been in your shoes. We've been there. We've been that 12-year-old who's been scared of transitioning from primary school to high school. 
we've been there as a 15 year old who who has no clue what this new subject that we're doing is and we've all been that 17 year old who is absolutely stressed out of our mind about the hsc those three devilish letters we've all been there and the reason why i say this is because because we've been there we understand it and because we understand it we're willing to back you unconditionally to believe in you more than anyone else in this world could potentially believe in you we want to be those people who help you achieve exactly what you want to do and you can say what's what's in it for us seeing you thrive seeing you genuinely make the chain that you want to see and i can tell you this is spoken with so much conviction because this is what we do what we do here at generation entrepreneur for if we can inspire at least one of you listening right now to take action to reach out to talk to a friend to share your idea this podcast has been worth it and so please Generation Entrepreneur, reach out to us. We would absolutely love, love to chat, love to connect. I would personally love to hear from you. Don't see me as a CEO, please. No one on this team sees me as a CEO. I don't like to be called the CEO. See me as another friend. See Vabe, see Edward, see Alan as someone who you can come to talk about entrepreneurship, innovation, and anything in between. We believe in you. We back you. We can't wait to see you thrive. Good luck. And good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Well, guys, that unfortunately concludes our first episode of the podcast, but that's just it. It's the first of what we hope is many more episodes of engaging and deep dive podcasts for everyone listening at home. Once again, we would like to thank our esteemed first guest, Esmond Yee. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks Honest, for having me. Honestly, could not have asked for a better start for this podcast. I think before we wrap, if you are a young high school student listening and you do want to take that next step, I definitely encourage coming to Initiate 48. Even if you uh, don't think that's what you want to do, just reach out. Like Esmond said, DM us. We're here to talk. We're here to support you. We're here to inspire you and give you the right tools to make your dreams become a reality. Thanks for that, Vabe. And on that note, I'm Edward. And I'm Vabe. And this, this was the Entrepreneurial Mindset. Mindset. See you guys. Woo!